Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Total Liverpool Podcast. My name is Simo and today I'm joined by Deej and Adam. I'm Jake is working and what we're going to be doing today is previewing the Norwich uh, midweek game and the and the League Cup um, and talking about a few other things like, such as Thiago's injury and, and maybe a wee bit of an upcoming game um, at the weekend. Um, my opinions about this is I, I, I suspect we will, um, will play a heavily rotated squad, uh, with some youngers, uh, youngsters with, with, you know, with the, the main sort of fringe players. You'd expect your Origis, your, your, uh, your, your Minaminos, I think they sort of players. Uh, maybe even a Nat Phillips would be nice to see get some minutes. Um, you guys, everybody put their, their, their 11s into the group chat and I think DJ and Adam, you guys were like, one one position now. He's a fairly fairly certain of your your position. So go from the age of you get your list there. Have you yeah, yeah. predicted lineup? Yeah, my predicted lineup. The main uh, thought thinking behind it was who didn't play at the weekend because uh, I know it's only Brentford next weekend. But I think making sure you're getting consistent minutes into people's legs is pretty important. So I think we'll see Matip start at the back because he didn't play on uh, on Saturday. Um, I think we'll have Kelleher in goal. Give Ali a little bit of a rest. Uh, Pep Linders was saying how uh, this is an important competition for us, but Pep Linders has been left in charge of the squads for it. So obviously we're going to see a lot of rotation, uh, but I think Kelleher's going to start. Uh, Trent, it's, it's unlikely that he's going to play. He came out in the press conference. So we're looking at either uh, Milner filling in there again, but I think it's more likely to be Neko Williams if he's available or Connor Bradley if he's not. Um, and like I say, Matip uh, with either Gomez or Canate alongside him. I think Verge is going to get a rest. Uh, and then Simcas on a left back. Uh, my midfield three, I, I think the most likely lineup we're going to see is Milner in the holding with Ox and Cater in front of him. And then again, a, a fully rotated front three of Jones on the left, Taki on the right, and Arigi through the middle. That, that's how I see us shaping up, I think. Very much of the same mind. Adam, if you could just name that one change that was between you and Deej. Um, um, the one change I had, so I was, well, I didn't, I don't think Matt it, will play personally. I think we'll maybe go for Canate or Gomez. 
Um, I think Matip will probably come back in against Brentford. Um, and who who did you just say your front three was, Deej? Sorry. Uh, Taki, Jones and Origi. Yeah, so I've gone with Taki, Origi and Gordon for mm. my front three. I think it'll be very much the shape of that. I mean, um, from the previous seasons, we're not really valued the League Cup. And since we've, we've, we've transitioned into this, um, you know, title competing, Champions League competing side, it's not really been, and even before that, it's never really, we've not really valued the League Cup, maybe for the past, under Klopp's full tenure, I would say. I've truly, truly valued it. I mean, I, personally, he, the Cup He's notoriously that, made big changes for the Carabao yeah, Cup, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we, even when we played Villa with the entire under 23 setup because we couldn't get back in time, I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if we've not valued it, though. I mean, We've gone I mean, out to, to difficult games. Like we, we went out to Arsenal last season, didn't we? So yes, yes, I uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, valued is maybe not. I mean, I think if we if we were get a semi final or a final, maybe we'd play. Maybe we'd play a, a stronger side. I think, but it's, yeah. I think the, the, the FA Cup and the, and the League Cup are very much rotational games for us, where we can see get the look of youngsters, get the look of our fringe players, um, see what players can come in. I mean, I think we're doing a. From at the start of the season, I think we're doing a really, really good job of rotating, a better job than we, we normally do. Um, even even though it's in a title winning season, we, I think we opened the four games, four, four or five games without making a single change <laughs> because we just had such a strong start in 11. It was quite clearly our title campaign um, that Klopp was going for with it. It was just leave it all on the pitch. Um, it was a, it was very much an all or nothing, not to not to quote that that terrible documentary and the, the Man City one uh, and the Spurs one as well. Um, but yeah, just get your thing. But do you, do you value the League Cup and the FA Cup? Are, are these things that you you lay out at the beginning of the season that you'd like to see Liverpool win? They're, they're third and fourth place, like behind the Premier League and the Champions League. I mean, obviously, I think any football fan would say the same. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't not value them. Out of out of the two domestic cups, the FA Cup is the one I would want to go for. The League Cup, I don't want to say it's a Mickey Mouse Cup, but it's it's kind of there for. The smaller teams to have a chance of winning something, isn't it? Because the, the big, the big teams never play their strong teams in it. No, except for uh, Man City, because they, they they don't have a weakened team, do they? <laughs> well, their weakened team is still a, a Premier still League a five hundred million team, yeah. team, you know. <laughs> but uh, you, you were you were touching on how how good we've been doing with rotation uh, so far this season. There, there's a concern that I have that I've started to think about a little bit recently. Uh, how often have you seen a title winning team rotate the centre back positions frequently? Not very often, not very often. Yeah. Then back 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 lines win your titles. Um, for the for the season we won the title, we very much nailed on it between a, a rotation of, of three centre backs, didn't we? Of the of yeah, exactly. Um, um, Van Dyke, Matip, and Gomez. I think it's it's a it's a strong rotation between three centre backs is normally what you see between these 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 elite defenses. Yeah, I mean we now do have a little bit more quality, a little bit deeper than just the three, mm-hmm. but. Still, I think I'd, I would rather see a partnership for the season. And it looks like we're, we're going with Virgin Matip on that. So it looks like Gomez and Canate are going to kind of be playing uh, sort of back up second fiddle to those two guys uh, until his knees inevitably crumble. Um, mm-hmm. Touch wood, that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think, I think think we're going to see Virgin Matip in the majority of our Premier League games. Champions League's a little bit different. We do always tend to, to sort of blood youngsters in the group stages of the Champions League. Later stages, I think, yeah. Uh, Very much our strongest stage, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it Van Dijk in there again. Mm-hmm. But League Cup, FA Cup, I think is is anybody's guess, really. 
Yeah, very much the same opinion as you, DJ. We, uh, I do rate Matip as our second strongest centre back. I'm very happy to just play him until his legs inevitably go. They, they will. Uh, <laughs> if, they, if they last all season, I'll eat my heart because uh, he's just, he's just, he's, it's, it's been a while since Matip's played a, a season of you know sort of thirty eight fixtures, forty fixtures. Um, Adam, what, what what about you? Are you what is your sort of opinion of, of our rotation of our centre backs? Um, again, I, I don't mind it personally. Um, I, I, th- I highlighted at the start of the season, the main issue or the only real issue that people can speak about when it comes to Liverpool is is the squad depth there. Um, and if we're being completely honest, does our squad depth match with the likes of City, Chelsea, even United? No, it doesn't. It's so I aspects think... of the pitch. I mean, I think centre back is one we have nailed down as probably the yeah, deepest no. bend. But other yeah. than that, I think we're outmatched pretty much from the from, in every other position against our, our our main line competitors in that regard. Yeah, and that's that's why I don't mind seeing the big rotations in the FA Cup and the League Cup because look, of course it'd be you know be amazing to win one or, or even both of them. Obviously, we're in a position where we want to win as many trophies as we possibly mm-hmm. can. But I just don't think our squad is in the best position, you know, like I said, like a Chelsea or Man City where we can compete for all four trophies playing, um, you know, some of the best players around around at the club. And if, if it means that we have to play these weekend sides in the Carabao Cup and maybe go out early or, or not compete properly in the competition, I personally don't mind it if it, if it strengthens our chances of winning a league or, or a Champions League. Um, because because at the end of the day, I think I think that's what we're after, and it, I think it comes down to a financial thing as well. Like I think, what is it for winning the Carabao Cup? Is it's about a hundred and something k, isn't it? Nothing, yeah, like it for the big clubs, it's it's like a week's wages for like an all right player. Yeah, um, so <laughs> week's wages so just, for your first choice midfielder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just it, it almost makes it not worth it. I mean, there is prize money for winning each game as well. Now, granted, yeah. it's not a lot. It's, it's somewhere between like five and thirty thousand pounds, depending on on what stage of the competition you're, you're on. But uh, you do accumulate prize money on the way through. But this this attitude of uh, being okay with kind of treating the League Cup and even the FA Cup in some respects as sort of like a second class citizen of a competition. Now, I understand it, but I'm I'm not a fan. Like it, as as a professional football team, in my opinion, if you're playing a game, you're going out there to win it regardless of who you're putting on the field, regardless of who you're facing, if you're going to play a game. If you go out there with the intention of anything other than winning, you might as well not turn up. I get that, but at the same time, are we really going out with our best intentions to win if we feel a fully rotated sides with, with youngsters? In my opinion, that's not a fully intended... If, if we really, really intended to win that football match, we play a full strength 11. Um, and anything outside that, I think is... Though. I mean... <laughs> You, you, they're never going to be fielding a side that they purposely want to lose. But, I mean, I mean, Norwich aren't going to be fielding a full-strength side either. The I Premier think, League's survival is going to be more important yeah. to them than winning the, the League Cup. So I, I think, think they're going to be resting their important players too. I think you might see a few first-team um, players just because I think um, Dan, uh, Dan Farker will probably want a win in the bag at some point. If we look, I'm just looking at these previous results. Um, of Norwich and it's, it's very much they've, they've been just taking hammering after hammering um, and even couldn't get by a, a, you know, a poor Arsenal side and, and, and 
the defense, I just spoke about it in the Talk Skinners podcast about how atrocious their defensive performance was against Watford at the weekend. Um, so maybe they're looking for some sort of bounce, some sort of they maybe can see ourselves taking advantage of a rotated. I think, I think they've lost the last 15 Premier League games. Yes, they have. A, a start that came out in, it in the, the podcast that just did. I mean, it's. I could see them maybe just trying to get some sort of positive result just to improve the mood of the camp. Um, mm. Especially, I mean, losing to Watford, that's, that's losing to a team around you. And getting beat properly by them is has got to be disheartening. <laughs> Norwich don't even have a bad squad, though. I mean, like, uh, they, they absolutely lost it in the championship last season. And, like, the main change is that they don't have Skip anymore and they've brought Gilmore in instead. Mm-hmm. Arguably, Gilmore's an improvement on Skip. So, technically, they should be better this season than they were in the championship last season. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, after this slow start, Norwich do get a win under their belt, that that starts to snowball a little bit for them. Uh, I, I'm i still not sure whether or not I put Norwich in the relegation fight yet or not. But coincidentally, the people who beat them on, on the weekend, they're my favourites to go down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can hear more about the, the relegation talk on the, uh, on the Talk Schemers podcast that I've just done there, uh, the Premier League, which has just come out. Um, yeah, I've, I think... If they do, they will be looking for that win to try and snowball, like you said, and, and improve. The, I just hope that win doesn't come against us. I would like to see us go just progress in, just so we can keep seeing those rotated. We need minutes for you know Taki and and, and and again these these are top line centre backs we've got at the back because maybe although it looks very much right now that the Joe Matip and Virgil Van Dijk are, are the the top centre back pairing at the club that 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 might not be the case for. You know, forever. Canate, I thought, did a, a capable performance against against Palace. Not that he was outstanding, but uh, coming into a new league uh, and a new side is, is never easy, especially with a high risk, um, high line that we play. It's, it's never an easy thing to step straight into. Joe Gomez, I think, is is a hugely. Yeah, I still rate him as a, as a top prospect. Um, I would even still like to see him in a, a, as a as a rotation sort of right back for for Trent. Because I really do think he's got the the, the pace and the, and the technical ability to do that as well. Um, so is is it looking very good in the sort of backline area? Something that we struggled with. And I'm glad Samakis has had a, such a great start to the season as well because um, running Andy Robertson into, into the ground um, on, on a sixty game season just I just don't think it's the way forward for us. We need to be able to somehow keep some sort of freshness in our legs if we're going to compete with these hugely deep squads of Chelsea, Man United and Manchester City. I do say Man United because their forward line and, and their midfield could be rotated even though they, they're reluctantly choosing to do it right now. But um, that that's what we're up against and we need to, we need to find ways to, to be up there. If we're not going to spend the money that they're, they're spending, we need to find other ways to, 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 stay, um, to stay on a level with them. Boy, that's what I was meant- talking about. Oh, sorry. I was just—I was literally just going to say that. That's what I was talking about in the sense of that's why I don't mind if we do keep hugely rotating the squad for these competitions. And of course, we want to win every game. Of course, it's a big bonus to win these competitions. But because of the size of our squad and the quality of our squad depth, in comparison to those we're in competition with, if it means that we have to make slight sacrifices in these competitions in order to keep a a league title chase on the on the line or, or a Champions League chase on the line, then I'm more than happy for us to do that. Yeah, I think well, one thing you mentioned there about uh, about Gomez being a hot prospect as well, still still being a great prospect. It's probably important to know he's, he's been around for a while for us now in the first team. Two months younger than Nat Phillips. Yes. He's he's 24 right now. So yeah, we've got Virgin Matip up there and then we've got but when Virgin Matip inevitably have to retire... 
if they stick around long enough, Gomez and Canate coming up behind the 24 and 21 year olds. So, 21 or 22, Canate? Uh, 20, I, I want to say 23. 22. I want to say 23, actually. No, oh. no, actually, I think you might be right. Um, he's, he's, he is a young, he's a younger prospect, Canate. He's not, he's not the, uh, yeah, you're something. He's 22. Uh, he is 22. 22, yeah. 25th of May, 99, my word. That makes me feel <laughs> old. Uh, but yeah, the, the fact that we've got such a, such a high quality young centre-back pairing, as well as our more experienced high quality centre-back pairing is exciting. It's just now over the next few years until, Virgin Matic decide to hang their boots up or, or move on from Liverpool, God forbid. Uh, or even step into sort of rotational roles. Maybe they come into that sort of third or fourth choice centre-back role. And it is, it's, 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 I think it's great for the future that we do have these sort of highly rated um, prospects. I don't think there's a huge dip in quality between a sort of a Gomez or a, a Canati coming in. I don't think it's huge. Um, I, it's I not, do, I, you're right. I do think Matt edges it just just for his ability to bring the ball out. His height, he's um, I think he's still he's still quite pacey. Matt these um, Matt these guys because he keeps himself quite lean. He's got a huge gait. He can, he can really eat up yards. Um, obviously, Van Dyke is a different story. I still, I still rate Van Dyke as, as the best centre back in the world. So losing him is, is detrimental. He's a huge part of any success we're going to have in the Champions League or, or Premier League as we as we compete with these these money spending monsters that we, we have to we have to exploit our, our top top level players where we can you know have that best goalkeeper in the world, have that best centre back in the world, and, and maybe that that's what edges us over the line. Um, when you talk about these big money monsters, if we can't give Gomez and Canate, I mean, I know Canate's just signed, but if we say that Verge and Matip are the first choice centre-back pairing and will be for the next couple of seasons, if we can't give uh, Gomez and Canate game time to keep, enough game time to keep them happy where they are, playing back up to these two, uh, there's a chance that these big money monsters that are around in football could just come and pick Gomez out. I mean, we all play football manager from time to time. Yeah. So many times I've just randomly got into the Europa League <laughs> with, with some random team I've been playing as. And Joe Gomez has been starting centre-back for Sevilla. <laughs> you see that kind of thing happening if we don't give him enough game time. <laughs> I would hate to see that happen. I mean, in terms of massive, I, I, I wouldn't say he'd be... He'd, I'd say for this season, or, or for example, the next sort of quarter of the season, Matip has maybe that. Um, I don't really see... That is the, the the complete long term. I think it could be, but I don't I don't see that as a as a definite nailed down as what we're going to do for the next sort of a couple of seasons. But it's definitely yeah. I I, I was just sorry. I was just going to add into that. I don't. I think right now Matip is the best centre back to put alongside Virgil Van Dijk, but I don't think it's a long term plan. I don't know how many seasons Matip's got left at the top level just purely because of his injury record. Like, I'm sure he will be injured at some point this season and Gomez will probably come and fill in for, for another big chunk or even Canate, depending on, on how Gomez's injury record is. Um, or even form. And how fit he is. But, but yeah, um, I, uh, I I expect Joe Gomez or Canate, one of them, whichever one's sort of doing better at the time, will will sort of be the partner to Virgil van Dijk in the next year or two anyway. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think before, before the horrible injuries to both Gomez and, and van Dijk, that was the pairing. It was Van Dyke and Gomez, wasn't yeah. it? And had been mm-hmm. for, for a year at that point, like an entire season with Matip playing that rotational role between them. Now, obviously, there's got to be some sort of um, some sort of maybe setback in Gomez's return to to absolute pinnacle fitness, which is why Matip was given the nod ahead of him at the beginning of the season. Either that, or Klopp was just really happy to have Matip with working legs for once. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we did see that switch back to 
Matip playing the more rotational role and Gomez taking over again when he's back to sort of pinnacle, pinnacle good Joe Gomez. Wouldn't surprise me at all. A good problem we have at centre-back is, is fitting all these great players in. Um, I want to talk about the youngsters we're, we're likely to see um, in, the, in the fixture midweek. Um, Nico Williams is one I have been watching for a while. He's a, he's a prospect highly rate, a full international, uh, played at the Euros. Uh, I think he's a good good candidate for being our second-choice right-back, for coming in for potentially Champions League games and group stages and our, and our cups and, and rotating in some... Um, Premier League fixtures against teams out of form or other lesser teams that we could we should be able to beat. Um, obviously, I would like to see Trent not have to play 60, 50, 50, 60 games a, a season. I would quite like us to, to have a really good prospect to come in there. Um, what, what are your thoughts on um, Nico Williams, Deej? Uh Well, for tomorrow's game, he's not going to play. I've, I've just looked it up there because we were talking earlier about him not might potentially not being available. There's four players that Pep Linders has confirmed will have no part in, in tomorrow's game. Uh, That's Trent, Bobby, Thiago, and Neko. Uh, so I think we're either seeing Connor Bradley there tomorrow or we're seeing James Milner there tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, or Joe Gomez. Or potentially Joe Gomez, who's uh, yeah. who's took up a right back position before. Um oh, it's disappointing for the youngster. Um but we're quite on, on the fence. We did Google it before we started the podcast, didn't we? Um and that's I think that's just fairly recent news from from our recording. Uh, but yeah, even outside that, that he'll miss out tomorrow. I still think he's a he's a highly rated prospect, and it's good to have a second choice as a full international way he was playing in the Euros, etc. Um, he can play left back as well. I think that makes him quite quite versatile. Um, is he a youngster? You're, you're excited about Adam? Uh, oh uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw last season there was a couple of games, and and I think we actually highlighted it at some point as well or, or i remember speaking about it on another show that you, you can you can actually see and look I'm, I'm in no way shape or form comparing uh comparing williams to trent alexander arnold in terms of ability but you can actually see that that he's, he's sort of molding his game on trent alexander arnold with the way he likes to whip in those early balls he can do it on both his left foot or his right foot and and he's getting really really good at putting those balls across into dangerous areas for for the front three um and obviously, again, we, we highlighted it. He, he played the left side of a, it was like a left wing back in like a back five that he played for Wales oh, as well. Wales, yeah. So we, we, yes, yeah, so we know he's got the versatility in, in him as well. And, and as I said, he, he seems pretty comfortable on both his left and his right foot. Um, so we, look, it could even come, come to a point where if he needs to, he could go on the other side for us if, you know, if, if we, we absolutely have to. Um, it's great to have and a, and a sort of yeah. rotational player, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, again like we've got we've got a few of those now. Like Harvey Elliott, obviously, we all sort of before preseason we all saw him as just being maybe a backup a to to Mohamed <laughs> Salah. Yeah, just just being a winger, and he came into that sort of number eight position in the, in the right hand side of midfield and just just absolutely <laughs> took us, took our breath away. Yeah, um, so look, it can never hurt having a player like like Williams coming in, and and I, I think he'll I think he'll be at Liverpool for for a long time and. And really, I mean, really step up. When I Sorry, watch him, he looks like a player that has a lot of room to grow. Do you know what I mean? Has a yeah. lot of room to, to grow into those positions um, because he has such good um, moments that you see in a match that, 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 that do remind me of Trent. And I think playing at a club like Liverpool, where, and a specifically a club that plays with a system where essentially your, your fullbacks or wingbacks become playmakers, 
and your and the the, the system that you're you're trying to embed yourself into means that you need to you're going to have a lot more time in the ball. Your job is to create plays and be much more attacking and so I think that's going to develop his game, you know. And he knows that he needs to cut inside and, and be really really two footed and things like that. I think yeah, the, he's at a great club that that values wing back as a as a position as well to to um to, to develop it and and being at such a young age, being a full international, I think he's loads of room to grow. I think he's, he's one of the more exciting prospects around the club for me. Um, another one I, mean, I want... On you, go, on you go, Deej. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him leave next summer. I think there was talk about him potentially leaving this summer. I mean, there I, was, I yeah. Necker Williams, but there was talk about him leaving this summer. We seem to have accelerated the progression of Connor Bradley uh, in anticipation of him leaving. And I, I believe Neko, or at least it was reported that himself, he came out uh, or, or somebody reported that he had said, uh, he's, ready. He, he's ready to play first team football and he doesn't just want to sit on the bench as backup for Trent. Now, mm-hmm. being back up for Trent, obviously a great learning uh, learning experience for, for any right back. You've got to bear in mind, uh, Nico Williams is 20. Uh, the, the way fullbacks play the game nowadays, their best years are probably between sort of the ages of, of 20 and then maybe like 26, 27. And then I when the pace that, starts yeah. to go and, and the legs start to fail a little bit, that's likely when we'll potentially see Trent, for example, move into midfield is when, mm-hmm. when he can no longer be as mobile as he, as he is nowadays up and down that side. So I think, I think uh, Nico would be doing himself a disservice if he doesn't angle for a move uh, in either January or the summer, uh, unless he can guarantee himself first team football at Liverpool, which he's not going to be able to do while we've got Trent in the squad. So as, as, as sad as it is to say, uh, I, I think he's going to have an amazing career. I just don't think it's going to be at Liverpool. I hope it is, and I remember the the stuff coming out in the summer that he could possibly move, um, which you know we I don't really want to see our other prospects move on, um, just because we can't find um, ways to fit them in the side. I mean, if we could get him in a sort of rotational role, or maybe Trent gets out a bad injury and he comes in. Um, I mean, Trent only got his break because um, Nathaniel Klein took a, a horrible back injury, uh, yep. or maybe it was a, the leg break for. No, it was a back injury that the the, the, uh, the Nathaniel Klein had. Nathaniel Klein was having a great time at Liverpool. He was a full international for England. Uh, it was very much a, a part of our plans going forward. And then come Trent, who just lights up. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen to to, to Neko Williams, but. Uh, <laughs> That, that, that is definitely on the car, especially when you've got a youngster as, as highly rated as him. I wouldn't like to see him go for small money either. Uh, and when I was reading the stuff um, about him potentially going, I did read that Liverpool would, wouldn't let him go without a buyback clause. Yeah, which I was, think that would be smart. You've got to think uh, as well, like, he's been at Liverpool since he was six years old. He's a, he's a proper academy product. Mm-hmm. He's never played for anybody else uh, except for a, a loan here or there. Uh, did, did he even go out on loan? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. He's, he's just got he's just got cup. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got, he's got um, cup appearances, and that's it. So we've not sent him out on loan. He's he's Liverpool through and through as far as his career's come so far. So yeah, maybe he goes out on loan rather than angling for a transfer. But I, I can see him spending some time away from Liverpool in the not too not too distant future. Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully not. Hopefully for the, for the, for the good of us, he, he, he sticks around it and we can keep our, our best sort of talented uh, yeah, around our squad. Uh, another player, I don't know really what to put him in the... Oh, can we put Curtis Jones in the bracket of prospect? For me, he seems so close to being the ready-made thing that, that it's almost kind of hard to put him in that bracket for me because I, I really do think yeah. he, is, he is this close to being to really pushing into that midfield and maybe even out in that left-hand in that side. Two seasons, though. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> And um, I, want to, I want to get your opinion on him. Um, if he comes on and, and lights this game up, as, as we've seen Curtis Jones do before, um, 
he's surely got to be knocking on the manager's door, thinking, "I need more time. I need, I need, I need substitute appearances. I need rotated in for Champions League games. I need rotated in for Premier League games against less opposition. I want minutes against the top sides when we're when when we're playing them." Um, do you think we can keep a hold of Curtis Jones? Yeah, I definitely think we can keep hold of him. I think the the What's been demonstrated so far this season of us playing him as part of the front three, I think that's going to be one of the things that keeps him there. I like him out on the left. Yeah, I like him I out on the left. It's going to give him the license to to be that creative force that he's shown he can be. So often, and I think it will up his game that little bit to to maybe sort of push him into Klopp's thoughts a little bit more uh, frequently than he normally does. The difference there, though, is the rotation for what is it's going to be Sadio Mane more than anyone else. Uh, mm-hmm. Mane doesn't like being dropped. Klopp doesn't like dropping Mane. It's a lot harder to claim that position as his own than it is to claim one of the three central midfield positions as his own, I think. But if he's enjoying the the more advanced role that he's being given, and we've already seen him be brought on as a substitute in two games so far in that position, uh, I, I think that's going to be more than enough to keep him happy because, again, he's he's not a Welshman who's been with us forever like like Nico Williams is. He's a He's a scouser born and bred. He's a Liverpool fan. He's living his dream right now. Why wouldn't you be happy as a, uh, what is he, 21, 20? Uh, like playing in the first team of the club you've supported all your life. Uh, I genuinely do think that, um, so if we say that Trent is the new Carragher, Curtis is the new Gerrard. Oh, not in position and, like, uh, and stature and whatnot, but in, in like how we've always seemed to have like two Scouse boys in yeah, the squad, don't yeah. we? So, I think having having Trent and Gerrard as like the career scousers through the uh, sorry Trent and Curtis like we had Carragher and Gerrard as like career scousers through the team. I can see that happening with these two as well. Interesting, interesting. Adam, I'm going to come to you. Curtis Jones in his future. Um, will he accept being um, a rotational player for, for for maybe another two or three seasons? Or do you think that I, I could potentially see a lot of clubs knocking on for a player that's that's highly um, touted as him? But I'm very much in the opinion I can see him having a future at Liverpool. But um, give us your thoughts. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty much on the same page. I I think he's going to be fairly happy with the role that he's going to get. Um, and I think it speaks a lot that after after obviously moving Wijnaldum on, the fact that we didn't go for another midfielder, that speaks a lot to me in that the trust is there with Curtis Jones um, and he is going to get his moments. As Deej said, he's already had a couple already this season so early on. Um, and I know it was due to the injuries, but we, we did see him quite a lot last season and, and he impressed us tremendously. Um, I don't think we'll necessarily see more of him this season than we did last season. I, I'd expect him to to maybe get there or thereabouts the same amount of minutes. Um, but look, he, he is a young kid. He's he's coming through. I don't I don't think even if he feels that he's he's you know sort of there trying to knock on the door of the first team, I, I don't I don't think he could have too many complaints about not you know being undroppable or, or not starting the majority of the, of the fixtures. And look, I think you look at other teams that like you look at. Man City, so long as they're at the top and they're winning things, you've got all these fringe players that, you know, they're happy to just sort of sit and, and, and play second fiddle yeah, and, and come in. Role. Yeah. Um and, and look, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that's that's a good or a bad thing that you could maybe maybe make some judgment about their their mentality and how much they actually want to play football. I'm I'm not suggesting because Jones doesn't want that. Um but I think it goes under the radar a little bit that if you are at a top team, especially as Deej mentioned, a team that you've supported your whole life, um, you're from the city, you're a local lad. If you're part of that team and they're consistently winning things at the very top level, I don't really see any reason to to want to move on. 
um, to be completely honest. And and look, as you've mentioned, he's he is on that fringe. He's a quality player, and and he does just look like getting better. And I think he'll get the minutes and the the chances to to keep doing that. So it's worth bearing in mind, by the way, he only broke into the first team in 2019. So that's two yeah. years ago. He's made 31 appearances, first team appearances for Liverpool since then. That's half of the half of the league games each season, essentially. Uh, if if it was only counting league games for that, but 31 appearances across all competitions in two years isn't bad for a 20-year-old at all. Uh, especially, I don't, a think, yeah, I don't think it's prospect. bad by any means. I think he's he's definitely in the picture. Um, there was talk although, about Villa putting an offer in for them in the summer. Wasn't a 15 million on deadline day or something was offered for him? I think yeah, there'll be a no, lot. No more chance for it. Like, yeah, like Curtis Jones is Billy Boy along with Ridge. Harvey Elliott. Yeah, Curtis Jones along with Harvey Elliott, I think, are the future of England's midfield. Well, that's what I was going to come on to. I mean, a youngster that, that has been recently injured. Uh, devastating news for, for all Liverpool fans and the youngster. Um, Harvey Elliott, for how good Curtis Jones has been, at any point in a Liverpool shirt, it's for me, and I said, no respect to Curtis Jones, is nowhere near the levels that I've seen Harvey Elliott hit. I've seen Harvey Elliott hit the levels of seasoned 30 year old Premier League midfielders that had played 300 games at the top flight, played Champions League football. He, for me, instantly rocketed to one of the hottest prospects in the world for the, for the level he was playing. I was just so excited about and I thought if he could just carry this momentum and I just hope this injury doesn't set him back at all. I'd love to see him come back and not skip a beat and hit those levels again because it was it was an unreal. What give give us your thought, DJ? Yeah, Do you, you think I'm over, am I am I overrating here? Am I, am I looking through this a, a different sort of the emotions of seeing a player, a young player get injured when he was in the heights, but I just remember, and I've looked back at the games as well, I just think he is just a level above most prospects in the world in central yeah. midfield. I, th- I think I would I would kind of agree while also slightly disagree, and I think I, I agree that there's definitely been glimpses of, of real quality from Harvey Elliott, but there's also been periods where he's really shown his inexperience. He's Absolutely. been uh, he's been misplacing things, underhitting things, uh, making the wrong decision. But, I mean, remember, this guy's 18. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he can, even for the periods of time, not necessarily whole games, because, I mean, every game that he's been really good for us, there's been mistakes. He's not been perfect. Uh, but the periods where he has been great, he really has been great. And like you say, it would be the kind of performance that you'd expect of, of somebody who's been doing this for, for 15 years, not somebody who's only been doing it for, like, three or four, mm-hmm. um, at, at the kind of level that he's doing it at, talking about Elliot there. Uh, I see so those I mistakes think- as well. I see those mistakes, and I think there's just so few of them. <laughs> there's just yeah. so few of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, the potential's definitely there. I think I think you're right that Harvey Elliott is one of the most exciting British, uh, not n- not even British, one of the most exciting young prospects in world football. I think it's it's obvious that Harvey Elliott sits in that bucket. Uh, but whether I mean, I, I like the amount of faith that Klopp was showing in him before the injury. But whether he's the finished article now or whether we've still got a bit to wait. Uh, now, maybe all he needs is a regular run in the first team to sort That's of what get his head say. in that place, and he'll, he'll just, be there. But. Do we just do a trend and and just just accept that the ceiling is this high for the player? He's already at a level, and you just stick with them until they become the finish That's what we did with Trent. Trent was he was nowhere near the player he is now. I think Trent gets better every season for me. 
that he plays, he becomes more experienced, he becomes stronger, he's more well-built, he's more of an athlete, he's, he's more two-footed th- th- than he was near the beginning. One of the, the faults of Trent near the start of his, his breakout in Liverpool was how right-footed he was and how he's reluctance to come inside. And now now he's he's... He's as he's as as left footed as he is right footed these days. Some of the balls you see him with his strikes with the left foot uh, are super powerful. But for me, that's what you, that's what I would do with Harvey Elliott. I would just accept the shortcomings to with the faith of that a player of that quality, like we did with Trent. You just play them into the experience. What are your thoughts on that, Adam? Um, God, what can I say that hasn't already been said? Um, I think we've we've spoken about Harvey Elliott a lot this season. Obviously, before the injury. Um, and one of the big things for me, and, and again, this was something that we've covered extensively already. It's just, it's not, 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 not even necessarily how good he is. It's just how well he fits in. Um, and I remember making the comparison when we watched him earlier this season. I remember making the comparison to Navi Cater's first game, um, against West Ham and just how it just looked like he, he came in and it was like he'd been playing with this squad for, for about four years. And it was the exact same with uh, with Harvey Elliott coming into the midfield role. And I, I, I think I do agree with you to a certain extent in that like he does look genuinely like a, a seasoned professional at times. Um, and Klopp's obviously shown that faith, faith in him as well. Like starting Harvey Elliott against Chelsea, who were arguably favourites for the title with, with the money that they spent and let's not forget European Cup winners as well to, to show faith in him to, to start a game like that and for him to repay the faith by being arguably one of the best players on the pitch that day as well it, it shows the the maturity that he's got um, which I think was helped massively by, by his uh, loan spell in the championship where he just absolutely tore it up and I think we could see from that moment on he was going to come in and, and be a special player for Liverpool Um and and I think even even though we sort of we had an inkling of like I said how special he was going to be, I'm not sure anyone quite expected how good he was going to be at times. Um, but it is it's just it's just overshadowed by the injury, isn't it? Like it's just all I could talk about after the, the Leeds game was was just the Harvey Elliott injury. It felt like we didn't even get three points that day. No, um, no. and and it's crazy because because we said like like look at this kid, he, he's so young, he's he's so inexperienced in terms of you know the actual experience he's had not not speaking about his, his sort of mental experience and his maturity levels but it felt like we missed a really really big key play you know that was that was how I felt almost when when we missed the likes of a, a Van Dijk or a Gomez or or a Matip or even like a Henderson or a Fabinho last season it, it, the, the feeling of of just oh god like it, it was the some... same feeling yeah, yeah it's something messy. um so the fact that he's come in and, and in that very short space of time, he's already had that impact on the way that Liverpool fans feel about him. I think that in itself just shows how vital he's considered by both the fans and Jurgen Klopp to this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great points for us all. Lads, is there any points before we finish up? Uh, we're going to do score, uh, predictions. score predictions. Score predictions. Right, let's have them. Deej, score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go for 2-0 Liverpool. 2-0 Liverpool. Cade Gordon come off the bench and bang one in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go two one Liverpool. Yeah, two one. I, I think I'm gonna go with Adam. I think it'll be tighter than we think um, due to our rotation and, and the youngsters coming in. I hope we get through this uh, fixture because it is it is interesting to watch the the sort of the future mixed with the the, the fringe players who, who can possibly step into our first eleven and and become a huge part uh, of our sort of title winning or title challenging campaign, should I say? 
uh, and the Champions League campaign. Um, I'll, I'll change gonna... my prediction a little bit. If Matip doesn't start, I agree with you guys. If Matip starts, <laughs> I go for the clean sheet. <laughs> there you go, folks. It's on a knife edge. He's 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 hedging his bet. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to hedge a bet. <laughs> for a clean sheet, I think. And if Helen's in goal, he needs experience in front of him. And and for my for my uh, for my predicted lineup, Matip is is that experience. So I think if he starts, clean sheet. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that is going to do it for this week's folks. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to connect with us, we are on Twitter, Total Liverpool. Um, you can also find us through the uh, our website, uh, Total Screamers, who is our sister podcast. Um, and we will see you on the next one. Cheer bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.